the naturally occurring psychoactive compound psilocybin is found in over 200 species of mushrooms. Despite their millennia of use by humans for mental and spiritual well-being, they have been classified falsely among the most dangerous and illegal of substances. Locked away from those who need them most. The Psilocybin Chronicles documents the individuals who courageously consume, collect, or cultivate these mushrooms to improve the quality of their lives. Won't you join us as we welcome the return of psilocybin? Welcome to the Psilocybin Chronicles. I am your host, Eric Osborne. This podcast is intended for education and harm reduction purposes only. The Psilocybin Chronicles, Michael Meditations, nor myself condone any illegal activity. My guest today, Dana, has a degree in biology and with honors in biochemistry. Also a graduate diploma in gestalt therapy and counseling. She has worked as a biochemical scientist, a laboratory tutor, and spent 20 years as an analytical chemist developing and validating test methods for the Australian pharmaceutical industry. For the last seven years, Dana has worked as a disability support worker, supporting students with disabilities to access higher education. Won't you join me in welcoming Dana to the Psilocybin Chronicles? Dana, welcome to the Psilocybin Chronicles. Thanks, Eric. It's a pleasure having you here, as well as in Jamaica. Why don't you tell our audience if you could consume psilocybin mushrooms with anybody, who would that be and why? The only person I, at the moment, would consider consuming psilocybin mushrooms with is you. (laughs) (laughs) You've given this some thought, too. Wow, that means a lot. Really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying there's not other people, but there's only people, the only person that I would, like, yeah, it's you. Well, why? Why is that? Um, I felt really safe with you. Um, you, I don't get what you do. I don't quite understand what it is that you're doing, but you're doing something that's just amazing and it's been so helpful and you've given me a chance to have an experience that I've been searching for my whole adult life. Yeah. Well, thank you. I did not know she was going to say that, listeners. Um, I'm averse to compliments typically but thank you very much embrace it Eric it has absolutely been a pleasure to work with you and yeah like I said the other night I I am going to miss you here Uh, so kind of what you were waking up with this morning I'm also feeling it in a different kind of way so let's talk about when you first heard of psilocybin mushrooms well, I only first heard of psilocybin this year, but I heard of, of peyote mas- mushrooms back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. I read a lot of books about shamanism and using peyote. I think it was peyote. Okay, it's, which is a cactus. Yeah, mm-hmm. and oh, sorry, but yeah, um, still a, a psychedelic. Psychedelic, yeah. right, right. I can't really remember now why I was so interested, but I was because I kept reading, but I didn't see it as something for me. Like I hadn't no interest in consuming it myself mm-hmm. so it's a bit hard to explain and i probably was aware at the same time of magic mushrooms but i just saw that as something hippies do and i didn't understand why you would want to do it because i only saw it as having like a weird experience mm-hmm. and I, I don't think i was super judgmental about it but i just didn't see it as 
anything that interested me. And then this year I heard a couple of podcasts. I'm not sure exactly where I heard it first, but I know one of them was Jim Fadiman. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my ears just pricked up and I thought, oh, I didn't know this. I didn't know this. And I have a science background, so I was like, oh, super, there's, there's science to this. And I just like investigated enough to convince myself that it was a real thing. And then I, um, I raised it with my psychologist and he kind of um, – he was supportive. Obviously, it's illegal in Australia to take psilocybin, to possess mushrooms. Mm-hmm. So, he couldn't do anything to help me, but he was supportive. And then when I, I was searching for somewhere I could go, because I didn't – I just thought it would be too hard for me to be able to identify mushrooms myself at right. home. And I didn't have a network of people who could help me. And the seasons, as far as I know, is very short where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I started investigating where could I go, where could I go. Yeah. Can you talk about some of the things that, that brought you to investigate psilocybin? Oh, yeah, I can. Yeah, ever since I've been a young adult, I've been increasingly aware of, like, become increasingly self-aware and been searching for psychological healing. Like, I've had a very difficult life, very lonely life. And I've tried really hard to get help. I've seen a lot of different therapists. Um, at best, they've been benign or slightly helpful, mm. but they've also been damaging. And I'm 60 now, and it's like, well, this is how I've spent a lot of my life. And if I don't get it, it kind of makes my life meaningless because, like, I spent my whole life seeking healing and I didn't get it. Right. So it's like I can't give up on still seeking it. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's a continual process. Yeah. And I've had, like, I've had a lot of personal growth and I, I, I do better and I manage better now than I used to. But, for example, at work, I used to be really quite aggressive at work and I'm very ashamed and guilty and have been for how I've treated people. But I couldn't not, I couldn't stop it mm. because my normal way of dealing is to withdraw. And if I'm going to work, I can't withdraw. And, you know, I had to work, otherwise, you know, I couldn't support myself. So, it was sort of a, my only way to manage was to be really, really quite, very reactive. And and so, I've improved a lot. I'm not as reactive. I can get on better with people than I used to be able to. Mm-hmm. But I still haven't had, like, when I, lo- when I have a loss, I don't grieve it. Mm-hmm. You know, my best mm-hmm. friend died. I didn't grieve it. My animal, animals have died. I don't, didn't grieve it. Um, and I don't have much pleasure. Yeah. So I've still been seeking. Mm-hmm. My sense had been I need some body release and that I can't consciously choose that. Right. I haven't been able to consciously choose that. And that's what I wanted. That's why I came here. And that's what I've got. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've seen a, a pretty drastic change in you since you arrived. Um, you know, just for our listeners, Dana came for one retreat and stayed for two. <laughs> it was as she was leaving, she decided that maybe it might benefit her to not fly around the across the other half of the world uh, quite yet. So let's talk about your expectations. You know, as you started to read and uh, understand the potentials of psilocybin, what did that look like in your mind? And then how has that looked like in reality? Quote, unquote, reality. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I didn't read heaps. I just read enough to convince me that this might be a way of getting what I needed. Mm-hmm. And I and I 
Uh, I'm not sure exactly what I pictured it would be like. It's in some ways it's been way different than what I expected, but I can't really tell you what I expected, mm. so that's a bit bizarre. I guess I guess I hoped that I would lose that automatic response that I have that you know, I can't choose differently to when I feel a sensation arise in my body of shutting it down and I expected that whatever it is in my brain that that controls that that I have no way of choosing would be gone would Mm -hmm. be loosened or yeah a bit like even if you're drunk you do things that you wouldn't Mm -hmm. maybe do Mm -hmm. if you weren't drunk Mm -hmm. so I thought maybe if I'm on mushrooms I'll you know and that's what's happened yeah can you describe what that's looked and felt like maybe not more felt like um you've talked a lot about um body opening up sensation in your body um can you just describe the the progression that you've gone through in sure, the last three weeks? sure. It's, it feels like it's been like a real step-by-step progressive mm-hmm. you know the first thing is meant to be and then second thing follows from that mm-hmm. like the first dose of mushrooms was very subtle I, like i barely noticed anything i kept thinking oh nothing's nothing's happening i knew slight things were happening but I had a lot of stuff with my mouth, just like opening mm-hmm. my mouth really wide. And, and like the next morning, my jaw wasn't sore. Like I grind my teeth very badly when I sleep, but even sometimes when I'm awake. And just all this constant pain in my jaw and sometimes in my teeth was just gone. And I, since that first night, I haven't used my mouth guard when I sleep. I'm still doing some grinding and still my jaw's got sore again sometimes. So it's mm-hmm. not completely resolved Mm -hmm. but I was just amazed at that and the other thing was from that after that first dose I felt connected with the people Mm. in the group and apart from occasionally I felt that the whole last like it's almost three weeks now since that first dose and that's been a constant thing Um, there was only one night when I didn't have that feeling of feeling connected and that was when I was still processing from the trip the night before Mm -hmm. And that's just amazing to me. It's like I could have put my intention when I came here to to have more social connection, but I didn't, but that's what I've got from it. Mm -hmm. And like I knew I needed that and I knew I might get that, but I had no idea how good it would feel and how easy it's felt. And, And staying in Jamaica even before this second retreat has enabled me to just notice 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 all sometimes every five minutes how i'm behaving differently how i'm responding differently mm-hmm. you know being here at doreen's and her family and you and your family and the facilitators in this gap in the mm-hmm. retreat like normally i would have i wouldn't have gone to your place for that like potluck thingy mm-hmm. um i would have said thank you no um I would have been trying to avoid Doreen's family. I would have been like, I've got my little hat, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And it's just like been totally, totally different and I've enjoyed it and it's been easy. I haven't had to these agonising, you know, decisions, oh, should I do this? Should, is it okay to walk over there at this time? Just it's been so easy, yeah. And people who have annoyed me, and there's been a couple of people who have annoyed me sometimes, mm-hmm. like maybe potentially could have got into an argument but it's just like I've just been able to go, okay, I'm aware that my normal behaviour would have been to escalate this argument because I'm right and I'm going to prove it. <laughs> and now I can just go, okay, I'm still going I'm right inside, but I don't feel this same busting need to prove that prove I'm right. Out, yeah. yeah. 
that uh like applying that at home you know you we first spoke this morning about the transition back to australia yeah um and those specifics that you're talking about right there um seem like actions that you can put into place when you go home do you do you i'm wondering how you're if you're imagining some of the relationships and situations that you find yourself in in Australia and have you yet envisioned yourself managing it the same way that you've managed some of those stressors here? Yeah, I have thought about it. You know, I don't have a big social network at home and I need to build one and I don't know how hard or easy that will be but in the past, like, you know, I've had op- opportunities to socialise and occasionally I take them, often I don't, mm. but often I don't enjoy it. and it, Or I do enjoy it, but it's a one-off event and it's, mm. and it's gone. And I do feel confident that I'm going to be able to change that. I'm going to have to accept opportunities and create opportunities mm-hmm. and then maybe have to work a little bit hard to kind of, you know, like say, say I meet someone who I quite like mm-hmm. And think I could be friends with. Well, in the past, I haven't necessarily, or most of the time, not pursued that. So I may have to take some action. You know, yeah, like uh-huh. you know, do you want to go to a coffee shop or something or whatever? But I feel confident. You know, I do feel confident that that's going to happen. I might, you know, have to remind myself. I think I'm going to have to do some work on it. Mm-hmm. If I sit home alone, it's not going to happen, yeah. which I knew before. But. The, I didn't have the alternative because if I go out, it doesn't mean I'm getting what I need. Right, but now maybe you see there's there is an alternate way to look at things. Mm. You know, like I'm I'm right now reflecting on the first retreat um, when you were here early on. I felt like you know you kind of kept me at arm's length. Yes, I did. You know, yeah, um, and. It seemed like you slowly started to trust and started to see the value, especially I felt like after that night at our house when we had the conversation and we talked quite a bit, um, I I felt like I knew you a lot better then and you were trusting me more. um, And and so I guess just holding that as an example that one, that there are people out there that you can connect with that will – reciprocate yeah and two is that you're cool as fuck (laughs) you've got a great personality thank you you're hilarious you're fucking hilarious thank you you know so you bring a lot to the table that people will appreciate (laughs) i'm confident yeah i think Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, yes, I definitely did have you at Arms Bay and I knew that I did and mm-hmm. I think I knew that you knew mm-hmm. and I really appreciate because I, I still knew you had your eyes on me mm-hmm. that you didn't kind of go, oh, well, let's just forget her mm-hmm. and it's because, you, you know, I sort of see you as the boss, if you like. I know you don't like that term, but, but you know what <laughs> I mean. It's like, and that, that gives an extra sense of wariness to me. Um, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can we talk about the body stuff outside of the jaw release? You've mm. had some really, really interesting stuff, especially that last trip. Uh, nine grams, is that right? Yeah, nine, nine grams. Nine. Yeah. That was really amazing. And you, well, there's there's so much I would like to talk about with you on how you engage with the experience. <clears throat> and that really needs to start first because that brought you to where you are right now. Mm. Um, you have been so open to this. Can you talk with our listeners about your approach um, 
because I think it is it is one of the best ways that you can go into this experience is the way that it is similar to how you have. Yeah, sure. Because I've spent, you know, nearly 40 years working on trying to heal, mm. although I haven't hadn't until now got what I needed, quite what I needed, I still got some stuff that I needed and I learned a lot and I've, like I've done gestalt therapy training, for example. So I've learned that there's no point wanting something other than what's happening mm. and that that's and to go with what's happening mm-hmm. even if it doesn't make sense or you don't like it and also i i think i'm pretty honest and i've back when i first started seeing therapists is like i had no self-awareness i didn't know what i was feeling i didn't know why i was shutting down or reacting to something that they'd said and i was super sensitive i'd shut down on any almost anything mm. But I didn't know what it was or why and I'd have to go away and try and work it out and then I'd go back and I'd be really honest. It's like I was angry because blah, blah, blah. And that's helped me really learn to be really honest to what I what's happening. I mean, I know there's, you know, there's no objective truth but I can only speak my truth at right. the time and the, to the best of my knowledge at the time. So I've had practice at that. I've got better and better at that. Um, and it's been a really hard one because I used to tear up with anxiety almost every time I spoke. Mm-hmm. And so it was embarrassing and it was people rejected me because of that because it intimidated them. But I've learnt that what's happening is what's happening and even nothing is something. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I brought all that with me and I trust myself mm-hmm. that – I can do that. So, like, even on the nine gram, the last trip, the nine gram trip, it was way less at the beginning, way less intense than I probably would have expected. Like, Mm -hmm. it was less intense than the previous three gram trip Mm -hmm. at the start. But I just kept going, this is what I'm getting. This is okay. Um, Even if I don't get what I said I wanted to get tonight, this is still what's happening. It's still okay. It is what it is. And just try and follow whatever, like, I. Normally I keep the blindfold on but and want it really dark, but I kind of went, oh, no, it's okay to peek out a bit tonight. And I just follow every little thing, you know, that that I experience or think or, yeah. I, I think that is just absolutely the best advice anybody can get going into a dose. Um, so mm. you have just really impressed me. Um, it was just, it's just obvious that you – we're ready for this. Yeah, you have been, so you have been working yeah. your whole life yeah. towards yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, um, you're not the first person that I've experienced this with. And even uh, Matt here with us this week, um, we kind of touched on this and Paul as well. If, if all of the suffering leads to the freedom that you're now feeling, then it was worthwhile. Yes. You know, it's, it's exceedingly, well, it seems unfortunate that we have to go these durations and, and experience this suffering for a while. But, you know, one of the things that I continue to learn from the mushroom and you have expressed as well is that it's all perfect. You're getting, it it may not seem like it, but you're getting what you need to get to the next level. Yeah. 
uh, can I add that please. you know I, I came with really clear intention, and mm. I know not not everyone necessarily has, but mm. you know I've had my intention for at least ten years. I was just looking mm. for a place mm-hmm. to you know mm-hmm. put it into practice. Wow! But I also had I didn't I said at the very first group meeting. I have a really clear intention, but I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know when it's going to happen. I had thought, well, even like I might come here and experience nothing and be just in such despair having to get back on the plane and go back mm. that that might be when I get what I need, when I'm wailing in the airport <laughs> or something. Like I didn't have an idea about what it would look it's like. So perfect. And I thought it might be more difficult than it has been. I thought I might suffer more here. Yeah, but so that's the way I've approached it. Really clear intention. If someone had tried to get me to change my intention, I would have been resistant mm-hmm, to that. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you'd said, oh, look, really what you need is an intention about having more social connection, I would have been really resistant right. to that. But, um, yeah, but no expectation about how it's going to happen. Beautiful. It's been, it's been really, that's, that's why you've gotten this. Listeners, if you're coming to Psilocybin for the first time, that is a major, major lesson that I encourage you to hold on to. Um, Dana is a tripping pro. <laughs> um, so as a scientist, what do you hope for in regards to psilocybin, knowing what you know now? Oh, it absolutely has to be made available to people. Absolutely. There's so many people suffering and this is cheap and quick and easy and, well, relatively easy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I know there's resistance from, um, you know, people in the psych- psychiatry, psychology profession. Like, there's, there's acceptance, but there's some resistance. Mm-hmm. Resist- mm-hmm. I don't know the full details, but, you know, there's a group of people who, who work in that field who <clears throat> are not very competent, who do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. And at the very minimum it costs people a lot of money and a lot of time Mm -hmm. but like i've been fortunate that i've been able to you know hold down a job good and well enough to uh, you know pay for this but it's i've still suffered financially because of it for years and years and years of keep throwing money at trying to solve this problem and no it has to be available it has to be i I agree i would also bring into the conversation though that incompetent psychedelic practitioners can also do damage Mm. as well. So as this field Mm. develops, um, I really encourage anybody here in this, everybody to vet out the individuals that they will be working with. If they choose to work with someone as a facilitator or a space holder or whatever you call it. Mm. So well, I wonder what the what do you envision? like in Australia, you've got a really different scenario. Uh, the States is doing some research Oregon's trying to push for legalization. Um, what's the talk in Australia, if any? Well, I think there's very little. I didn't know there was any until I started um, doing a little bit of a search mm-hmm. and I didn't follow up. Much. There is something, but I didn't follow up much mm-hmm. on that at the time. I will when I go back. But what I'd are cannabis laws like there? Be pardon? Oh, cannabis. Um, only recently medical um marijuana has been made legal only just this year oh really to my awareness yeah and very few i think i might be wrong but i think that um doctors need some kind of special you know permission to prescribe it and only a few doctors have that so it's very beginning stages Mm -hmm. but at least it is happening i think australia is very conservative in lots of ways but it still is a democracy and i think if enough people 
know about it, I mm. think the groundswell will be enough. Right. You know, and pos- the science is what really pushes it, right? Yeah. It's irrefutable. Uh, and then the experiences behind that, yeah. of course, which, you know, one of the reasons I ask you to be on this podcast or I even have this podcast is because this can do uh, quite a bit to help normalize and expose more people to the direct experience of others uh, and hopefully push that needle a little further. Um, there's there's a question. I hope you don't mind me asking a question that's not on the not on the list. Not on the list. It just came to my mind. <laughs> Depends think, what it is. <laughs> I think I want to continue asking this, um, particularly to uh, interviewees who have been on our retreat with us, because this is a really helpful integration tool for you and for the group that you groups now that you've been here with. And what I would like to ask is if there's anything that you would like to say to yourself or to the group that groups that you've been here with that might help to kind of solidify those lessons or remind us of the lessons and the experiences into the future? Um, look, I don't know. I probably need more thinking time for that. The only This may not be directly answering your question, mm-hmm. but the mm-hmm. only thing I can think of is still back what I've already said is like what's happening is what's happening and to not try and... Mm-hmm. you know have it be something other than what it is what but that's is. maybe not answering your no, question no that's that's i mean that is one of the biggest takeaways from psilocybin and it's one of the most readily applicable to our everyday lives because every day stuff's happening good bad and yeah. different and you know it is what it is yeah and we're i've just, been t- sorry, no, I've, sorry i've been tempted a few times in the first retreat less so in this spot in the first retreat to kind of pull a few people aside and kind of go, but you're expecting, you, you've you got too much of a picture of how it's going to look mm-hmm. and, you know, you're not really saying what you want. You're saying what you're trying to prescribe what the experience is going to be like mm-hmm. and I, I didn't do that and I still don't know. I don't know if I had a time over if I would because I feel a bit like, well, who am I to be... You're a yeah. very wise woman is who you are. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's tricky though because, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's tricky. Yeah, yeah, I understand, especially if you're not in that authoritative role or, mm. you know. Um, but, yeah, you are a very wise individual. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I will – there are – I could sit here and list off like at least ten different moments that you and I have had together that are etched into my – memory uh, and I sincerely thank you for all of those and for you being on this podcast I think this is a really important episode uh, particularly women you know you are a you could have been seen as like you know a very vulnerable population you're coming from all the way on the other side of the world you don't know anybody in Jamaica you have relatively few contacts at home that in case of emergency you know you're coming to a strange place doing drugs with strange people, <laughs> right? So your your experience can really help, you know, women understand that this can be a safe uh, experience for them, and also that micro meditations is a safe place. Mm. Um, you know, this is, podcast is not intended to be a marketing tool, uh, but you know, of course, it's going to some mm. degree be yeah. that. So, well, the reason I came, like I chose here, was 
you know, I did look at a few places, like a few places in the Netherlands, for mm-hmm. example, which would have been easier for me to get to, I think. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to come to Jamaica. I, I love Jamaica now, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to come to Jamaica. But it kept coming that this seems like the place that is the, the safest, mm. that is the best. What made you think that? Um, I think partly the um, structured d- dosing, mm-hmm. like the um, – and I, I, w- I was – I'm not draw- I wouldn't be drawn to anything that had too much of a spiritual kind of mm-hmm, emphasis. Mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. that's one of the things that puts me off. Mm-hmm. Like I'm atheist, and it's like I did I did get a little taste of maybe there is a universal consciousness, <laughs> but but I've been really resistant to that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so any kind of woo woo, and I'm like don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just it seemed really professional. And, you know, I could have been mistaken, but mm-hmm. I haven't been mistaken. But, but that's, you know, rightly or wrongly when I made the decision, that's what I based it on. It seemed like it was more well thought out about safety and less let's all go in there and have a mystical experience kind of thing, yeah. Well, you know, I can't, I can't even tell you, and, and again, this was not a – Dana and I did not discuss this conversation beforehand, but – Right now, that means an incredible amount to me because there are individuals who are saying that we are unsafe. Michael Meditations is an unsafe experience. Mm-hmm. Um, these individuals are saying that because they weren't invited back to the party, basically. That by my choice, I directly chose not to invite these individuals back who mm-hmm. are relatively prominent members of the psychedelic community. And now those individuals are espousing that we are unsafe and that's why they're not returning back. So for you, a 60-year-old woman from Australia to... Who doesn't put trust easily that's, in people. That means, that means the world to me right now because um, I've really been troubled by this. These are people that I trusted. These are people that I paid well to come here and help um, without truly knowing how experienced or inexperienced they were. And it's caused our team quite a bit of turmoil um, because it's uh, we have guests coming now saying, I hear you're unsafe. And so really that means a lot to me. Thank you, thank mm. you, thank you. And can I just add that, sure. like I've noticed actually, I kind of hadn't really thought about this, but I thought about it just yesterday when we are having the group meeting yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about how you are with <clears throat> some of the other people in the group who I don't necessarily feel particularly connected to or um, would, if I had to sort of support them, I would struggle to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's like you've treated everybody the same. You've given the same level of support to everybody. Because often in groups, I've been in groups where there'll be someone who's just kind of pushed a little bit aside Mm -hmm. and not or shamed in some way Mm -hmm. because of, you know, whether they – ramble too much when they in the group meeting or talk too long or they take longer than they're allocated you know like you haven't shut anybody down from what they want to say um and i just kind of was aware of it yesterday i thought oh yeah that's that's a sign of safety not just because i feel safe but because i can see that other people feel safe Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. well we're going to keep doing what we're doing you know we do this work because we love it yeah um not because there's a any kind of clout to it you mm. almost threw up on me. You almost peed I on did. me. I did. I know. Mean, I know. You know, this is not. And there's still there's work. still a nice a, do, a dosing to go. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm so so grateful to you. 
I'm so grateful, like, especially the, the last dose. It's like, you know, I've never had, I've never had that level of support from anybody, but especially from, here's the English thing again about correct grammar, but um, especially from a man, mm-hmm. from a male, and I'm really, really grateful. Well, I'm super grateful to have been there with you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to, we'll talk about tonight's dosing later, not yep. on the podcast. Uh, yep. I'm super excited about it though. Um, and I am also excited to hear what Dana's billboard uh, across Australia would be. My billboard, I have changed it since I first thought about it. And yeah, my billboard is stop the misery, exclamation mark, legalize psilocybin. Amen to that, sister. (laughs) And I want psilocybin rather than mushrooms because Mm -hmm. I think people who don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. and I'm imagining, like I have this picture of like, people often take road trips, big road trips for holidays in Australia. So you can imagine the kids in the car, they've got their devices and they go like, what does that mean? And they Google it and then it's like, (laughs) so I think rather than having, because, you know, people are going to be put off by the idea of magic Magic mushrooms. Magic mushrooms, right. So... You know, I, I agonised a bit over that for a while because some people are so put off by anything that looks remotely like science. Right. Um, but nah, I believe it as psilocybin. Yeah, yeah I, I prefer uh, the chemical term, even though the mushroom for me is, you know, where it's at. Uh, hopefully, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, as legalization occurs, it won't be limited to synthetic psilocybin. Um, but even if it is for a while, I think eventually the science, it'll push the way for the mushrooms themselves to be legal because this this medicine should be accessible to all. Uh, and yeah, growing mushrooms is easy. <laughs> all right, Dana, thank you so much. Thank you, Eric. It's been a pleasure. My very first podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, great. It's a great one. And yeah, looking forward to tonight and just the future. I know that we'll be communicating well into the future. I feel confident in that. All right, kids got the drums out. I guess that's it. (laughs) All right. Dana, thank you so much for trusting us and being such an important part of everyone's experience. You truly are cool as fuck. Childhood trauma has a lifelong impact. It can be difficult or even impossible to access memories around the sources of pain and suffering. As Dana says, this trauma is debilitating on multiple levels physically, emotionally, professionally, and interpersonally. For those interested in Dana's progress, her final dose was actually the most powerful release of trauma that I have ever witnessed. We recorded this interview prior to our final session, which was absolutely one of the greatest nights of my life. She made so much progress. And I, well, I leveled up as well. The work that we did together is why I consume psilocybin with my clients. And while there are critics of this practice out there, those who say I'm taking mushrooms to party or for selfish reasons, they clearly have no more than a basic understanding of what's going on in the psilocybin space, if even that. And while all of my clients are special to me, Dana, you hold an extra special place in my heart. The weeks that we shared, the mushroom sessions that we shared, the progress that we both made... I am confident that you will be with me for a very, very long time. This podcast, Dana, is a gift to you, and you are a gift to us all. Listeners, I'm certain you could pick up on Dana's wisdom in this episode, and I encourage you to listen to it again, because there is more to be gleaned. 
<laughs> much more. If you've been a previous listener, you can probably tell this is a bit of a new format. Um, that's based on listener feedback. A couple of people have said that they would rather just get to the meat of the matter and listen to my thoughts and sometimes ramblings after the interview. I do listen to feedback from my audience, and if you have any for me, I invite you to send it to thesilocron at gmail.com. You can also give compliments, too. (laughs) I'm getting better at taking them. Also, if you have been a listener prior to this episode, then you may have been wondering where in the world the show went. Well, there are several reasons for the break. I was doing all of my post-interview work from the States where I had some quieter space, and now that my family and I are spending the majority of our time in Jamaica, it's not quite as possible. So, from here on out, you might be hearing a little bit of background noise, such as birds, waves, or motorcycles. I'm going to settle for imperfection so that these interviews can be more readily available. Another reason for my disinclination to publish new episodes is that, well, as a reluctant public figure of the psychedelic movement, I have been subject to some unjust and outright dishonest criticism and accusations. You see, there are a few individuals whom I ceased working with due to my concerns over their ethics, safety, and skill. And as I mentioned in this episode, most of them are also public faces of the psychedelic community. I have always been the kind of person who takes people at face value, and folks, more than a few of the public people of the psychedelic movement are just on a bandwagon. They have exceedingly limited experience with psychedelics and yet claim themselves to be experts. It's crazy how convincing clever branding can be. And I honestly, I let these people deter me. I withdrew in an attempt to disengage, but... (laughs) Despite that, these individuals still continue to make public and private false claims about Myco Meditations and myself. So after meditating on it and consulting some wise friends, I have decided that like the rest of my work, this podcast is too important and it will move forward. Rather than backing down, I will step it up. One of the things that the mushrooms have certainly taught me is that the truth cannot be hidden for long. Our work speaks for itself. As for the ill-intended actions of these individuals, well, (laughs) I think it'll soon be apparent what the true motivations are. I mean, just look at the work we do. The results our clients achieve. What true supporter of psychedelic therapy would be in opposition to Michael Meditations? I mean, at this point anyway, we've helped hundreds of people without one single incident of unsafety, Uh, or damage uh, to discredit Michael Meditations and our work at this time is to discredit and damage the psychedelic movement itself. Anyway, moving on from there. In keeping with the original format, I would like to wrap up by referring back to Dana's ideal trip partner, which I was, in all honesty, surprised it was me. As I mentioned, Dana helped me as well. We had a wonderful night at our house where Dana joined the facilitators for our between-retreat dinner party. My wife, who is also my favorite cook, made a delicious meal, while the rest of us shared stories from our personal lives with each other. Dana, with the aid of psilocybin, started to overcome her fear of singing. Not that she was on psilocybin at our dinner party, but (laughs) the result of her dosing. Uh, She sang to us the kookaburra song, you know, laugh, kookaburra, laugh. And it just brought me so much joy to see her breaking out of that shell. So with that, 
I would like to overcome my own fear of singing publicly and play for you a song that I wrote years ago. I've always wanted to include it in one of my podcasts, and it would seem like now is the time. Don't worry, it's short and sweet. The title is Mushroom Man, and it's a gift not only to my listeners, but Dana, this one is special for you. I hope you enjoy it, and away we go. If I was a mushroom, what kind would I be? A chicken of the woods, a king bolito mataki Nestled up beneath of a big old oak tree Yeah, just waiting for that special someone to come and pick me My mama said, son, you are what you eat And I think it's plain to see that you have had one too many, y'all Man, I think you're becoming a mushroom man I think you're becoming a mushroom man People in mushrooming, they just think Portabella Or of course some will say, man, are they psychedelic? But if you would look closer, my good friends, you would see Well, that the mushroom has much more to offer you and me There's a whole heap of different ones that you can eat Some of them have medicines that help us fight disease But if you pick your own, be sure of the identity Because I don't want to see you riding in no listeners well i hope you enjoyed that fun little ditty uh, it's one i've been playing with not professionally obviously <laughs> for quite some time now i uh, just every now and then break out the guitar and make up a little song a very simple little song i'm a simple simple man <laughs> so again i hope you enjoyed it uh, and i hope you enjoyed this episode yeah i just gonna keep up the good work folks so with that May all of your journeys, both inward and outward, be safe and rewarding, and I will see you on the flip side of the shrooms.
hurt 